Welcome to Divine Downloads. I'm your host, Cassandra Bodzak, and today we have a special episode where we are talking about this summer's astrology. So July, August, maybe even going into the fall, we'll see. And I have a very special guest, someone who's known me for an incredibly long time, uh, my friend Asha Rose, who is also a strategic astrologer. And I asked her to do us all a favor, come on the pod and talk about, because you have some major astrological events going on this summer that you're just going to want to know about, because I think it's going to affect some of the decisions you make, how you move, um, all the things. You guys know how I feel about astrology. I feel like astrology is like the weather. And the more we know about the weather, the more we can prepare what we're going to wear. If we need an umbrella, maybe we shouldn't have that picnic. It just helps us function in our lives better. So welcome, Asha. Thank you for being on the pod. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Cass. I'm really excited to be here. Um, And I just want to piggyback off of what you said about astrology being about the weather. Um, Whenever we give like an astrology report about what's coming and how it's going to affect your chart, it's important to understand at the end of the day that nothing is officially set in stone and you still have free will to make decisions, right? So I can tell you something that's coming up in the transits, in the sky, and how it's going to affect your personal chart right? For example, let's say I tell you about the weather report, it's going to rain outside. At the end of the day, you still decide whether you want to stay indoors and do like a Netflix and chill day because it's raining outside, whether you want to go outside and like run in the rain uninhibited with, you know, nothing on, or whether (laughs) you want to prepare and put on like rain boots and bring an umbrella and go outside in the rain that way. So like you're getting a report of what's going on and you're getting a report of how it's going to affect your chart or most likely how it's going to affect your chart. But still at the end of the day, you have free will to make decisions on how you use that energy and how you move forward. I love that. And that's so true. And I think one of the ways that I actually started, I came into astrology and I actually don't know if you even know this, which is crazy because I feel like you know so much about me, but I know a lot about you. (laughs) Maybe you do know this. Maybe I have said this before, but I think it's really valid for what we're talking about today is that I've been working with clients for almost 10 years now. And what I started to notice was that I would talk to like all my clients during that week. And I started to notice themes Mm -hmm. and my clients were from, you know, my clients still are, they're all over the world. They're different eras of their life. They have, they come to me for like different things they're working on, different problems. And yet there would be these like overarching themes. So the fact where like, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I know what the next five calls are going to be like this week. (laughs) You know, I know this is coming. And I started sharing it with them, not like, telling them about my other clients, but just saying generally, I feel like there's a theme going on here, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. so I found that that really reassured people and also helped them know that, Hey, I'm on the right track. The things that are coming up for me, they're like divinely meant to be coming up for me right now. And then of course we all have like free will on how we handle them. Mm -hmm. But then, so that's ended up how I ended up getting to astrology because then I started, um, paying attention to the astrology and seeing how the transits were lining up with how my client. So it's almost like I came to it a little bit backwards, you yeah. know? Um, but so that's why I wanted to talk about this. So we have some big, we've been talking about some big transits that are going on this summer. So why don't you give us 
Like, what are the big things that are going on this summer? And then let's like dive a little bit into each one and like how that's going to affect us. What do you think is the most, we'll start with the, mm, no, I'll just start with whichever one you feel guided to start with. Okay. So, I mean, obviously we always have like a new moon and a full moon every month. Um, At some point, Mercury is also going to retrograde this summer, but those are kind of generic transits that always happen every summer and new moons and full moons happen every month. And we don't need to go into those specifically, I think. Um, What's really important about this summer is the nodes are switching and we're going to talk about what that means. And Venus is going to go into retrograde this summer. Mm, Okay. So anytime a planet goes into retrograde, it generally spends more time in that sign, in that energy than it usually does. So there's a reason for that. There's a purpose for that. And we'll talk about all of that as well. So we, so I, I agree with you. You know, we talk as even on this podcast, we talk a lot about yeah. the moons, the full moons, the new moons or whatnot. And I feel like definitely this audience is familiar with that, familiar with Mercury retrograde. Venus retrograde is perhaps a retrograde. I know with Mercury retrograde, I think sometimes it's like overly, I don't know, like characterized, right? People just like kind of get like, oh, it's Mercury retrograde or whatever. But what what can we expect for Venus retrograde? What are we going to be moving through? And, you know, how is it going to affect different people differently? Yeah. Okay. So that's a really loaded question because there's a lot of information <laughs> to go over which is great, right? So but let's like start talk- first with like okay. overarching themes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of that, so yeah. The most important thing is to understand like a few things, right? The overarching like archetype of the energy of the planet Venus, and then like what it means for it to be in the sign of Leo, and then what it means when it's retrograding and some of the themes that are come up during retrograde. And then we can go into kind of how that affects everyone's chart specifically. Um, so in general, Venus does a retrograde every 18 months. So this is not like, you know, Mercury retrogrades every few months and stuff. It's not as common as like a Mercury retrograde, but it's not that uncommon either because it happens every 18 months. However, it only hits that same sign once every eight years. And because Venus is like a very symmetrical planet and it's very fixed in the way it orbits, it generally only retrogrades in like five signs every time in one of five zodiac signs every time sometimes it hits it hits some cusps and goes a little bit over in like the neighboring sign but generally the five signs that it will retrograde in always would would either be like aries gemini leo scorpio or capricorn Mm. just because of the way that it lines up with the timing right sometimes it will cusp like it will start a retrograde in like, because Aquarius is right after Capricorn, it may start a retrograde in Aquarius, dip, do the full retrograde in Capricorn, and then go back into Aquarius. So sometimes there's like a little bit of uh, overlap action, but generally it's those, generally it's those five signs. So it's so, pretty special that's happening in Leo then. Yeah. And what else is interesting is when there's a Venus retrograde, um, it isn't like an eight year cycle. So in that sign. So let me like articulate that a little bit better. Even though a Venus retrograde technically happens every 18 months, it's not in the same sign every 18 months, right? So the actual retrograde in that specific sign is an eight-year cycle. So 
What's important to understand about this Venus retrograde that's happening this summer is it's going to bring up a repeated theme that was happening in the summer of 2015, which was eight years ago. And if you want to go back like eight years further or earlier than that, then it would be 20, uh, 2007. I can give you specific dates and stuff. Um, but basically, the reason why it's important to pay attention to these dates is because it's going to bring up the same theme because it's because it's in the same sign of Leo, it's going to hit that same theme or area of your chart that it did eight years ago in the summer of 2015. Mm. So it doesn't mean it will necessarily manifest exactly the same way, because you have to remember, even though Venus does eight year cycles in a retrograde in the same sign, all the other planets don't necessarily move in eight year cycles. So there's a lot of factors. It The factor is like, how Venus is communicating with other planets in the sky at the same time, whether you have planets in your own birth chart in that same sign, there's, there's other factors. So I'm just giving like general knowledge here. But I love that. I love that because I think that's a really good thing for our listeners to ponder is ask yourself, like, I'm even doing that right now. As soon as you said that, I was like, that's when I think I moved to LA actually Mm. is to in 2015. Um, that summer. And I definitely probably broke up with someone that seems very typical of me, but like, <laughs> I, won't um, <laughs> I, I won't comment on that because I know you personally, <laughs> but you know, but I think I love, so one of my favorite things when it comes to astrology and transits like this, that I find incredibly helpful, um, because I think all of it's for our own soul growth and exploration. Mm-hmm. So that's why I want to kind of just like pause you there and like interject yeah, sure. if you're listening write that down summer 2015 summer or 2007 sometimes just a year like thinking like what were the themes of that year what were like the big events that were coming up it's so helpful just to like for instance like I moved to LA I'm not going to be moving somewhere else (laughs) you know right now like I know that that's not the energy but if you kind of distill that what was that energy that was like big life shifting energy that was like big new beginning energy like a birth of a new chapter energy and so you can start kind of thinking like you know what were the things that came up there and maybe what were the things that we were dancing with um and that point to I don't know just kind of give get yourself kind of like mentally of like oh okay I don't know. I love looking back. I think one of the interesting things about astrology is that we have that ability to like then look at our charts and look at our transits and go back and be like, oh, wow, when this, this and this was happening, Mm -hmm. that's when, you know, this transit was happening again um, in our chart. So, okay, so we're looking back at 2007, 2015 and a little bit more. What are the themes that comes yeah. up during a Venus retrograde in Leo. So 2000, I would say 2015 is probably easier for people to remember than necessarily what was happening in 2007. <laughs> like I can't even remember what I had for no. lunch last week. No, you know? that um, was that was like my college binge drinking <laughs> error. So I remember very little of 2007. <laughs> I know I went to visit you at UConn. So I'm, I'm <laughs> that, I, <laughs> um, but when you it was think a about fun year. Yeah. When you think about Leo, because that's last time Venus retrograded in Leo, Leo is like, Leo is ruled by the sun, right? And so it's like bright, sunny, fiery. It's it's also like tends to be dramatic. Uh, 
could like likes attention, not in necessarily a narcissistic way, but it just like it likes affection and attention. It's theatrical, it's performative. Um, so it's like, and in Venus, it's like it wants the dramatic love, essentially, right? And the thing to understand about Leo is it doesn't mean um that it like just just wants drama for no reason because Leo is actually very loyal. It's a fixed sign. And it is loyal. So it wants the loyalty, but it doesn't mind the drama in the relationship. So it doesn't necessarily mean like drama is like, oh my God, we're breaking up and we're getting back together and we're breaking up and getting back to because it is loyal, but it does like the theatrical dramatics sometimes in that energy. Um, but it also is like sun and vitality. Mm-hmm. And it does like attention, does like to be seen. So a lot of times Venus and Leo, Venus is also um like love relationships beauty aesthetics um our values our tastes so like in leo it's also tapping into that leo energy right like maybe wearing a more bold makeup if it has to do with your appearance and like wearing more bright colors and you know um going outside or putting yourself out there more because leo likes to be seen right like if you're somebody who's used to cocooning yourself and hermiting and being in a shell, like Leo doesn't do that. Like Leo goes down, it's like, I'm ready for the world to see me. So that's kind of like Leo energy. Yeah. And so I would say that's what yeah. we kind of like, well, because also Venus rules like um our worth, yeah. right? Like, you know, our worthiness. So I feel like they really go together. Like we're coming if we're healing and coming into stuff around feeling our own worthiness, then we're gonna feel more comfortable, really shining in whatever way. And like, you know, when you talk about shining for anyone that's listening, that's like, well, I'm not like a public persona. Um, shining can be even like shining in your office, like mm-hmm. as like you're, you know, a star employee. Shining can be like even just like that part of us that shines when we honor something about ourselves, right? When we honor, like, hey, you know what? I really do love this weird book series or whatever. Or I really yeah. do love crystals or I really do love gardening right (laughs) when we like honor those things that we really um value and that um and we have enough worth for ourselves that we're really like actually willing to put ourselves out there then right yeah so now how does the so the retrograde I know retrogrades in general are times for us to reflect right Mm-hmm. Um, so with the retrograde coming into that energy, does that mean that we'll be kind of in more of a reflective, uh, state around that or no? Yeah. So the retrogrades in general, um, they are a time to reflect, to rethink things, to reconsider things. Um, sometimes it's like to change your strategy on a situation, um, or review something, basically any of the re's, right? Like reviewing, mm. reflection, rethinking. Um, that's why a lot of times in retrogrades, especially Venus retrogrades, exes come back to the surface and hit you up because they are reflecting on past. Mm. You There's a lot of reflection on past people and past relationships and how they've impacted your life. And it doesn't mean everyone's ex is going to come back from the dead, right? Because it's going to hit everyone's chart a little bit differently, but it could be like a reflection and rethinking 
of a past friendship that maybe someone you haven't talked to or a reflection and rethinking uh, from like a family member you lost contact with it venus like likes to bring people together and so it's it there are people that will come back to the surface and a lot of times it's so that you can reckon reconcile with them right or 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 just like mend things and then move forward without them yeah sometimes what happens too with like a venus retrograde is i don't like to put any negativity out there but sometimes when we do reflect on current relationships this could be a time that sometimes breakups happen because we are reflecting on hey i've been dating this person do i really see a future with them when i envision my future and moving forward and my life from from now do I see this person moving forward? So sometimes there are breakups that also happen with the Venus retrograde. Nice. And it all kind of depends on where it hits our chart, right? Yeah. So, you know, for those of you at home that maybe have your chart pulled up, or if not, maybe you want to pull your chart up quickly, um, we, we would be looking at where we have Leo in our chart. Is that correct? Where we have yeah. Venus? No, you're going to be looking at where Leo is in your chart because it's going to be Venus and Leo. And I can give a little bit of summary for each of the rising signs, but this is why it's important for you to know like the time that you were born, because it's going to affect your rising sign. And that's how you're going to see where Leo is in your chart versus your general sun sign. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so your rising sign is going to be the, your, um, your first house right? Yeah. The sign mm -hmm. that's in your first house. So mm -hmm. if you want to, if you don't have your chart up, go grab it. And let's maybe just give like a sentence or two for each rising sign. Sure. I know I'm, I'm a Aries rising. So I always luck out because mine's the first. Yeah, well, I was planning on starting with Aries because Aries starts the Zodiac. So so, okay, so let's go through. So I'm an Aries rising. What themes are coming up for me this and uh, this uh, Leo Venus retrograde? So for Aries rising, Venus is going to be retrograding in Leo in your fifth house. And fifth house is creativity. It's um, a lot of times birthing new things. Like it could be birthing new creative projects, but it could also be related to children. It also deals with fun, games, pleasure, romance, just anything that brings you joy. So with people with Aries rising in their chart, they're going to have a lot more fun this summer. They're pay attention to things that bring you joy. You're going to, you're just going to be enjoying life a lot more. Um, it could also be really important in developments regarding children. So if uh, you, I'm not speaking about you directly, uh, but if anyone with an Aries rising is not planning on getting pregnant or is planning on getting pregnant, this is a time that was like more opportune for conception. Mm. So if you're not planning on getting pregnant, I would be a little bit more careful during this retrograde because you could be a little bit more fertile. Is it true? I know sometimes often children um, also mirror like birthing creative projects. Would that be applicable in this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this could be a time where you're like, maybe this is the time you start that new book or you, you know, start painting or there's like some sort of creative thing that wants to come through you. Yeah, it's basically creativity and birthing new things, again, with children or birthing new creative projects. Suddenly you're like, you know what, I want to pick a painting again and I'm going to take, I'm just going to like go to the store, buy a canvas and some acrylics and just start painting and like that births a whole new 
side of creativity that unleashes on you. And all of a sudden you're really into that. I love this vibe for my fellow Aries Risings. <laughs> I love this vibe for you. <laughs> I'm already in this vibe. I know. Well, I forgot. I just realized as I was saying that um, this is this is perfect for my summer because I'm doing a lot of traveling this summer. Mm. And if you saw some of the books I've bought too, like I bought this great book that's called like Think Like an Artist. And like all my books perfect. are like super like artsy and creative right now. Um, so I'm definitely feeling it. But I realized I forgot to ask you, what are the dates? <laughs> What are the dates of the transit? (laughs) I mean, you didn't ask me, but I should have told you before you (laughs) asked me. So Venus is already in Leo. It's going to stay in Leo until October 8th. Okay, so it is. It's going to ride us into the fall. Yeah, but it's going to actually retrograde starting July 22nd Mm. until September 3rd. Okay. So that is the retrograde period. It's going to start on the 22nd of this month. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's move on to the next. Okay, yeah. So for Taurus, um, Venus, it's going to be in your fourth house. And the fourth house has to deal with home, family, your living situation, your private life, and sometimes your parents. So uh, in with Venus there in Leo, it could be like you reorganizing or redecorating your house in like a more aesthetically pleasing way because Venus is sitting there for a little bit longer. Um, it could also be you reassessing or reevaluating or revisiting your relationship with your parents and kind of changing that dynamic for a more positive way as well. Um, you could be a little bit more sensitive to any family things that are coming up at this time, but it's because like you're supposed to be revisiting that kind of theme of like childhood upbringing and, and themes with your parents. Love that. Love that for you, Taurus. Taurus risings. Taurus risings, yeah. <laughs> Next, <laughs> you just go through them all. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I guess I'm waiting for you to tell me. No, no yeah, just about. go through them okay. all. This I feel like people listening to, like, you know, you know where your rising sign falls, yeah. so you feel free to fast forward if you want to. But pro tip. I love listening in on the rising signs of people that are like my friends or my, obviously my partner, um, family members and stuff. This is also kind of helpful to know what people in your inner circle are going to be moving through as well. So anyway, it's interesting too, when you start to listen to that, because like their theme could be correlated with your theme, right? Like it's interesting when you're like, oh, wow, like this is coming up for me, but it's somehow related to what they're also, what is also coming up for them. So Absolutely. And just from an intuitive perspective, I always think with things like this, if you listen to them all and you get like a specific like hit or maybe you get the tingles or however you receive your intuitive messages, like just know that that's a message for you, even if it's like not your rising sign, but like you hear Asha say something and all of a sudden you just kind of have that that little niggle, I call it, Mm -hmm. um, that that's a message for you that your guides just want you to know. Yeah. So moving on, uh, Gemini rising, it's going to be in your third house and third house is communication and how we think, how we speak. It's also deals with short distance travel, like your neighborhood, and it deals with siblings, relatives, and neighbors. So the fourth house is more parents. This is more like siblings and like other relatives. So you could be like reconnecting or revisiting a relationship with a neighbor or a sibling, you could be meeting new neighbors. So if there's like a block party coming up in the summer, this is the time to go. If you're a Gemini rising and like mingle and meet new people in your neighborhood. Um, It could also be rethinking on how you communicate and improving your communication. So if there's anything you haven't been saying 
or if you've been suppressing your voice, this is like a good time to go back into finding your voice and finding a new way of articulating how you're feeling so you can speak up. And then mm -hmm. we're going to move on to Cancer Rising. And for Cancer Rising, Venus is going to be retrograding in your second house. And second house is money, possessions, values, resources, finances. Um, so it could be people coming back from the past um, and coming together with you for a financial purpose. So something that would like benefit you financially if someone comes out of the woodworks or something and all of a sudden you're like, huh, that's interesting. I don't know why this person came up, but suddenly they plant a seed that then could help you grow and expand your, your income or your resources in a way. Um, so I would really pay attention to any financial opportunities that come up during this retrograde for you, because that would be really exciting. Yeah. And that's good to know that you can trust it. You know, sometimes yeah. when we have like old contacts reach back out, we're like, mm, can I trust that? But knowing that like, that's something that will happen during this retrograde and it's most likely for your highest good. It's most likely for your highest good, but I think the most important thing too is to to reevaluate anything that comes up, right? So it, it doesn't, in a retrograde, things are coming back to the surface to review them. It doesn't mean we necessarily pull the trigger immediately, right? Like we maybe necessarily want to wait until the retrograde is over and Venus is moving direct, which happens after September 3rd. But you can start having those conversations and those experiences and those discussions during the retrograde, but just make sure you're like, crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's before you actually move forward. It's a good, a good, you know, principle, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so then we move on to Leo rising and this is going to hit Leo rising pretty significantly, obviously, because Venus is in Leo. And if you're a Leo rising, it's going to be hitting your first house. And the first house is the house of the self, the body, your character, your appearance, um, so there will be a greater, more positive focus on that area of your life. Um, you could maybe go through some reevaluating on like how you present yourself because rising sign is how we present ourselves to the world too, how people see us. So it could be a little bit of reevaluating how you come off to people and how you're presenting yourself to people. It could also be reevaluating your appearance. So this would I wouldn't be surprised if some Leo Risings are like, hmm, I kind of want to change my wardrobe or maybe cut my hair or, or trim, you know, cut bangs or, or things like that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do any major aesthetic changes during the retrograde. I would start considering them and then do them after, you know, beginning of September, just because you want to start, you want to think about how this is going to affect you long-term, right? It's like when you cut your hair drastically and you're like super excited about it. And then like a week in, you're washing your hair in the shower and you're like, where did it all go? What did I do? Yeah. What did I do? <laughs> so this is like, and you're like, oh my God, I took me 12 years to grow this out. And I can't believe I just chopped it all off impulsively. No like, buzz cuts till October. Yeah. Well, till September, <laughs> till September, right? So, okay. So after after it goes direct. Yeah, so this is a great time to start a Pinterest board for your new yeah. look <laughs> and, yeah. and then wait until second week of September after everything's gone direct to make any appointments. Yeah, it could be that the seeds are being planted right now, but it doesn't I'm the worst at stuff like to. this. I know, I know. That's I have no impulse control. I know. Well, you're in Aries rising and your North Node is in Aries, so that's <laughs> well, my to my 12 year old 
step daughter is a Leo rising. And when you were saying that, I kept on thinking of that. I think it's a book or a Netflix show. That's like the summer I turned hot or something. And I'm like, Oh my God, is it this, is this the summer she turns hot? It could be just don't let her like do anything impulsively that she will then like, I'm I'm not going to, first of all, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to sit back and watch and enjoy. And um, I will protect her from any like incredibly, but she's so young. I mean, whatever, let her have fun. She's still like figuring out who she is. And, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to see, to watch. (laughs) Venus, Venus, because Venus is also the planet of love. Like in the, when it's retrograding the first house, it really is just reminding you to like, love yourself. Mm. Right. So like, also a huge puberty theme and forever life theme. Yeah. So like affirmations is good right now. Like paying attention to beauty things, like things that make you feel good about yourself in the first house. It just it wants, it wants to give you like all that good stuff, you know? Yeah. Okay. What about our, our next gang? So Virgo rising, it's going to affect your 12th house and 12th house deals with our subconscious. Um, it deals with like, repressed thoughts like fears phobias sometimes Ooh. sometimes the way we self-sabotage our mental health so uh a lot of self-worth stuff too here so like affirmations are really important during this time with venus retrograding there um it's a time to also gain more like confidence and w- work on your self-worth right because you have like the planet of beauty and love there, like wanting to give you all of this delicious goodness to like build your confidence and your self-worth. So mm-hmm. if there's something that kind of has been hidden um, and it's like coming up to the surface right now, like this is a good time to get into like group healing, maybe some type of like spirituality, um, like healthy friends, therapy, any type of like support system that can help build up your self-worth. Like this is a very opportune time to take advantage of that like nice Venus energy there. Ah, oh, that's P. Yeah. But luckily, you know, he has I mean, luckily he's married to you. Spiritual guru. And he has, I think, an incredible amount of self-confidence in somewhere. Yeah, I mean, he does. <laughs> but this could be this could be the time when like he actually listens to the advice that you give him, you know. Ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> right. See what I mean? It's so good to listen to it for other people in your life. I'm like, this could be like, wow, I've been stuff. saying this to him for two years. He never really took it seriously. And now he's like, you know what? Let me actually do this meditation. Let me, let me do the affirmations in the mirror. Let me like really like focus on this. Cause this is like a theme that's coming up for me. So I, yeah. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. For Libra risings, Venus is going to be retrograding in your 11th house and 11th house is friendships, groups, alliances sometimes social movements so it could be like you unifying and reconciling with like an old friend from the past that you maybe had a falling out with or old friends coming back to the surface that you drifted apart with um it could be you looking back at past friendships and reconnecting with you know friends from the past and then bringing them forward back into your life in the pre- in the present to benefit you in some way for the future um, it's also a good time to connect to new social groups as well. So like group events, um, new social outings, like this is the time to mingle, to meet new people. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Uh, for Scorpio rising, this is Venus retrograding in your 10th house. And the 10th house is your career, your reputation, your legacy, basically your overall life direction. 
And this is a good time to build contacts with people that are going to end up helping further your life purpose or help uh, further your life's work or any way that they can help further your career. Um, Venus is really good, as I said earlier, at building contacts with people. It wants to connect people. So sometimes it can bring people back from the past. I know this is like a repeated thing I keep saying. It can bring people back up from the past, but in this way, it could be someone coming back from the past to help further your career in a certain way, mm. right? Or like a new partnership that, like some some way that someone wants to maybe elevate you in your career. So I, I would pay attention to any career stuff that's coming up in the summer for Scorpio Risings. Um, and then Sag Rising it's going to be retrograding in your ninth house and ninth house is beliefs and belief systems. It's education, higher learning, philosophy, also foreign travel, uh, an exposure to foreign things and foreign cultures, things like that. So this is a good time to travel if you're a Sag rising. Um, it's also a time that you would maybe like start rethinking or reviewing some of your belief systems and maybe reflecting on some past relationships or friendships or partnerships in the past and how they affected your belief systems. Um, like how maybe like you meeting somebody, a partner in the past, how that changed the way you think about life in general and your philosophy on this life. And maybe it changed like your religious beliefs or maybe your political beliefs or your spiritual beliefs. So there's like a lot of uh, reflection on beliefs and also how like relationships in your life have affected those beliefs and more of like your overall philosophy on life. Um, also, if you are traveling, like that's a theme that could come up during your travel, like the act of traveling right now could bring those themes up to the surface more. What a great excuse to go travel this summer. <laughs> Well, You'll take the, astro the astrology yeah. told me to go to Europe. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll that, already be is, there, guys. So right, that is the that is me. the <laughs> that is the epitome of like taking the weather report that you give you and like putting on the rain boots and the and taking the umbrella and you're like, you know, screw it, I'm I'm going out in the rain. You know, I I am unashamed to take advantage of, you know, whatever astrology is going to throw my way. Like, oh, astrology says I'm going to birth a new creative project. Well, I guess I'm going to start a book, a screenplay, a new pottery studio. <laughs> I don't know what they call me or where it's in my chart, but I'm a special kind of person. You are a very special kind of person in a very good way. Anyways, anyways, I digress. Onwards. Okay. Uh, for Capricorn Rising, it's going to go through your eighth house. And eighth house is um, spirituality, but it's also other people's resources, other people's finances. Uh, sometimes it deals with taxes, debts, loans, basically how other people's resources and finances affect you directly. So it could be you going back to like old contacts or old contracts from your past in order to review things to have it like benefit you more in a more beneficial way for you financially in the future. It could also because it has to do with like other people's resources and other people's finances. A lot of times that has to do with your partner uh, or someone that you're dating or with. So it could also be like a very positive period for your partner financially, which in turn then affects you financially. So, you know, when you talked about how like sometimes you like to see your partner's 
astrology and some of the transits and how they're affecting it. This is a good example of like if you're a Capricorn rising, like this could be a positive thing coming up for your partner, but in it also affects you in a positive way. Love that. Yeah. And then Aquarius rising, this is very interesting because Leo rules your seventh house of partnerships and relationships. So I feel like the the signs that are going to be the most affected by this are Leo risings and Aquarius risings because Venus rules partnerships and relationships. And for Aquarius risings, Leo, their seventh house of partnerships and relationships is naturally in Leo. So if there's any sign that's going to hear back from exes, I would predict that it would be Aquarius risings. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not necessarily good or bad it just means that like people are reflecting on past relationships doesn't mean sometimes it means reconciling with a person sometimes it means like just uh patching things up so there's no more like animosity but not necessarily getting back together with someone just like you know patching things up and just moving forward in your life so that like there's a forgiveness there um it, it could also be like a reflection in your current partnership uh, where you like have a greater sense because Venus is also about unity and union. It gives you like a greater sense of union and purpose going, you want to reflect on that going forward into the relationship. So a lot of reflection either in your current relationship or what you want for a new relationship or even past relationships. So I feel like Aquarius Risings is really going to hit their relationship sector of their life pretty significantly. And then last but certainly not least, our favorite, wink, uh, Pisces. <laughs> and that is Pisces rising, more specifically. And for Pisces rising, it's your sixth house, which is work and health. So this can manifest in one of two ways. It could be somebody coming back, like an old coworker or something, coming back to um, like reorganize or review like your workplace environment in a positive way, um, or to force you to like rework things or like your routine with work. It could also be related to health matters, but in a positive way. For example, if you've been having like a certain health issue that's been ailing you, this could be a good time to review and like look at different health routines and how you've been handling your health issues. And maybe this would be the time to implement new, this is a very positive and auspicious time to implement new routines on a daily basis that will then help your health issues more positively in the long term, right? So for example, if you're like, you know what, this is this keeps coming up health-wise, I need to change my routine. I really need to make it a priority that I'm walking every day. Like this is the opportune time to start that routine, to start walking every day so that it just becomes innately natural for you to just get moving every day and starting a new health routine that then infects, then affects your health in the long term in a positive way. Thank you. Thank you for all of those explanations. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just looking because we got a little ping on threads. Um, for those of you that are not on threads, I'm obsessed with threads, this new social media platform, I think that came up and I was pinging about my podcast today and someone had a question and I cannot tell Asha if this is like personalized for them, their chart or it's an overall theme. So just let me know if it's too personal, okay. we can bypass it but okay. they mentioned that Taurus is going no Uranus is going retrograde in Taurus at the same time yeah this, okay yeah, so, that, and, that, so they're curious about how the interplay of Venus retrograde also with Taurus retrograde and Uranus is 
Yeah, well, I mean, that is a little bit more specific on like, it's going to affect each rising sign a little bit differently. Okay. But Venus and Taurus is going to be squaring that energy with uh, Venus retrograding in Leo. And Uranus or Uranus, everyone pronounces it a little bit differently, uh, is the planet of like revolution, shock, surprise, sudden things happening. So you kind of have that square energy. So sometimes when it comes to like Venus retrograding and love and relationships, it could be uh, like an example of this manifesting. It could be like something coming, like something shocking happening in, happening in a relationship or something comes to the surface and then like a breakup happens, right? Cause you're reflecting mm. on the relationship. So it's mm. like the shock of like Uranus is like, wait, hold on. Where did that come from? It could also be like something sudden, like you're getting proposed to, I mean, it could, there's a lot of so, ways that it could manifest because Uranus is like very shocking too. Yeah. So there's, it's- But you're mainly looking then for those at home, if you have your chart up, you probably want to look at where Taurus is in your chart. Am I correct? Yeah. You want to look at where Taurus is in your chart and how those planets are speaking to each other. But it goes a lot deeper and more complex than that. This is when it gets a little bit more on a personal level, because it also matters if you have personal planets in Leo and if you have personal planets in Taurus and how and which planets those are, right? So like if you have Mercury there, it's going to affect how you communicate and how you speak in terms of relationships, for example. If you have um, another planet there, right? Like Mars, it could be how you're taking action in something. So it's, it's very layered and it has a lot to do with your personal planet placements as well. Okay, so it's definitely a thing. Just book a reading with Asha for that one. Um, but I mean, to get, we can really go into like a lot of detail here. I just well, let's here. I'm trying to look quickly at what my okay. So let's just give them an example because one of the things I really like to empower people around with astrology, and I do this with a lot of my own clients too. Because I mean, I've loved astrology for a while. I don't have the the training and like the depth of knowledge that you have, but a lot of my astrology knowledge comes from just being curious and actually like looking up, like, what does this in this house mean? What does this? And then we can garner a lot about, you know, some general themes just from, for instance, like whatever Asha gave you around your Venus retrograde rising sign. And then also looking at, and, and you can tell if you look at, the house that Leo is in, right? A lot of the advice she gave you is connected to what house that's in, right? And so we 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 think about the themes with like a algebra equation or whatever, right? Like we think about the themes of the transit plus the the sign um, that we're dealing with plus the house that they're all dancing in, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you think of them as like characters in a play, right? They all kind of have their own like set, setting, actor, you know, circumstance, right? Um, so for this, uh, so you could have that, right? And kind of see what's going on with your Venus retrograde. And then you can also look at Uranus and Taurus and say, where's Taurus, right? And at the very basic level, you know, for instance, I'm second house Taurus, right? So it's probably going to be dealing with money things, yeah. right? Um, you can look at where do I have Taurus? Just start off first with your houses. Mm-hmm. Google 
what <laughs> what does the third house rule, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and then you'll start seeing what that's going on. And then when you're talking about personal planets, it's going it's going even farther and looking like okay, so for where do I have Taurus when it comes to my personal planets? For me, I have I have Mars and Taurus, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to give me an example of how you would stitch together my Venus retrograde in Leo fifth house with uh, Uranus retrograde in Taurus second house with a Mars in Taurus for the game. (laughs) Yeah. So it could be because um, retrogrades are reflection and reviewing, right? So you could be getting more insight on like a new creative project, right? Or something new that's bringing you joy with Venus retrograding there, right? And now all of a sudden, you are not really sure if you want to move forward or not because you're kind of still dipping your feet in. And now Uranus is retrograding there and putting like more energy. And because it's hitting your Mars, it's like activating that Mars energy also. So it's like- it's like war, fight, conquer. <laughs> it, it could be war, fight, conquer, but could also be like lighting a fire on you to take action when you should actually be maybe reflecting a little bit more before you take action. So it's kind of like that, that squaring energy of like you're supposed to be reflecting and dotting all your eyes and crossing all your T's. And meanwhile, Uranus and Taurus is hitting your Mars and it's like, hold on, like we want to light a fire here so that you take action and move forward. So it's like the balancing the two energies where it's like one wants to move forward and be really mm. inspired and like you're really inspired, you want to move forward. And the other energy is like, but do we want to move forward yet? Like, do we want to sign on the dotted line yet? Right. Like, like literally me today. <laughs> right. Like we want to make sure that we review the contract. Right. It's mm. like you're so excited that you finally got the contract. Right. If it's finance related that you're like, I don't care. I'm just going to sign it. And Venus in retrograde may tell you like or any retrograde is like, hold on, you're supposed to be reviewing this, making sure that you are actually protected before you sign this contract. Right. Because once you sign now, you're committed for two years and you can't get out of it. So what are the dates of the Uranus and Taurus? Um, let me actually go back to my chart right here. Give me one second. Yeah, no worries. So um, I think that was a great explanation. So for those of you, those of you listening at home um, with your charts, hopefully I want to um, help you make sure you get this. So what I would do is I would write out the energy of, what you just heard about with um, the Venus retrograde in Leo and that house and what's going on, write out that energy and then separately write out kind of what your energy is, like what house you have Taurus in and that kind of like shock, surprise energy that Asha just talked about. And, you know, you are a smart, wise, intuitive human that's listening to this and you can kind of see how those two energies could potentially bump heads or, you know, like in the example she gave in my chart, you know, you can see how they could kind of be pushing and pulling in like a bit of an internal battle, uh, so to speak. So what are the dates yeah. for this? Yeah, so I, think I just wanted to make sure that I double check the dates before <laughs> I gave you any wrong dates. So it's going to be um, August 24th. Uranus is going to be retrograding August 24th until January 22nd. Ooh. So they're only going to slightly overlap for like. For that like last week of August, first week of September. Last week of August into the first week of September. Yeah. Oh, 
Okay. Okay. So yeah. I mean, so just keep your eye. Impactful though. I mean, a lot can happen in two weeks, right? I know. I'm like waiting for those big contracts end of August. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could also remember I talked about like fertility stuff. Uranus is very like shocking and surprising. But how so, would that affect my Taurus money though? I mean, having kids changes your finances. <laughs> I'm only available for positive financial changes, Asha. <laughs> Hey, who knows? Maybe my who knows? Maybe, you know, a kid will listen. Okay. I just clearly trying to hint at something. So if come I don't know. I don't know. If come fall or early or fall, early winter, I have an announcement, you know, we can give credit to Asha for that. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we'll um, see. I'll take I don't know it. if you guys I don't know if you guys are trying or not, but this is <laughs> like this is a very Uranian thing, right? You just suddenly get pregnant gosh right but it kind of it could all that's another way this energy can manifest right like you suddenly getting pregnant and then it kind of bumping heads with like you started a new creative project and you're like hold on this I don't know how this is going to really work out with this other stuff that I had planned (laughs) we shall see well hey we have this recorded so I'll you know we should do maybe we should do another podcast like end of September and be like just what your act, sure. like what actually <laughs> happened like what actually happened yeah um I always I mean, think that's so that's so fun and I think you know for you guys listening actually um hopefully you're listening to this now like in July right before all this energy happens but maybe go look at your calendar put a little date for September 10th or something you know September 15th mid-September or something once a lot of this energy has kind of moved and like put a link to re-listen to it re-listen to this episode and see you know how much um actually lined up because I think that's always just like this is so fun and juicy yeah. And we've like, we've already talked for an hour, which is insane. Um, but I haven't gotten into the nodes yet. I just want to, I sorry. I just want to piggyback one more thing is I just want to remind everybody, regardless of what area of your life it's hitting, pay it. I just want to remind everyone, pay attention to what happened in summer of 2015, mm. because that is going to somehow reflect that theme that was happening then in your life. It doesn't mean it's going to manifest exactly. Well, I can tell you something. I had no themes of children in 2015. (laughs) Right. But you had a theme of like starting a new creative endeavor. True. And And what you were talking about with like dramatic love, like to me, moving to LA was like my dramatic love story. That was like a very dramatic love story. Yeah. And the fifth house is also like themes of like pleasure and joy. And I remember when you moved to LA and you were like living in the city, being by the beach brings me pleasure and joy. I'm just so happy being near the ocean. So to, that's why I'm saying like, sometimes this energy hits a similar theme. It doesn't always manifest exactly the same way, but it's the theme is still the same, right? Like the, it, Uh. I'm so ready for that adventure. I love that. When I moved to LA, true story, guys, I lived in Santa Monica and I would walk to the beach every day and I would watch the sunset at the beach and I would cry. Like every day I would cry. (laughs) I would just cry because I was like, I can't believe I get to live here. And the, the kind of beautiful thing about that is that I left New York, but I didn't leave in a place of like, I hate New York. I still love New York and New York always will have like a huge piece of my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just kind of knew, I kind of knew that like the next chapter was calling me 
And it felt really scary um, and kind of crazy, um, which is probably that like Leo dramatic, like, I'm going to do it. Um, But yeah. Okay. Well, I'm manifesting that kind of deep energy of love and gratitude come in this summer. That was beautiful, that era. Um, Okay. So we have to talk about this node thing though, before we wrap up. So let's talk about- yeah, let's talk about it. So the nodes switch. Um, the nodes are related to the moon and the moon cycle. And they basically have to do with when like the moon moves into like an eclipse, an eclipse, ecliptic point um, in the north and southern hemispheres. And so uh, it switches every another cycle that switches every 18 months. However, where Venus hits the same sign in a retrograde every eight years, the nodes don't end up in the same place. Uh, that cycle of it being in that same specific spot in that same sign is an 18 year, 19 year cycle. Wow. So it's like an overall 18 year, 19 year cycle that we're wrapping up and restarting. So it's very karmic. Anything related to the nodes are is very karmic energy. So we're like 2005 here. Is that yeah. what we're going back to? 2005? Yeah. yeah. So, wow, guys, I'm giving you all the info, but that's when I graduated high school. Well, <laughs> technically, it was between 2004 to 2006. Well, end of December, December 2004 to June 2006. Mm-hmm. So it's not only 2005 because it was an 18-month it was in the in that node, okay. North node in Aries for eighteen months. So within that timeline, um, if your North node is in Aries, this is going to be if your natal North node is in Aries, it's going to be a really big year for you. You're going to go through your nodal return, um, and basically when the nodes start shifting, so we are moving out of the Taurus and Scorpio axis of the nodes. So there, the North node has been in Taurus and is in South node of Scorpio, and Taurus and Scorpio has a lot to do with money. Uh, finances, values, uh, things that we value, you know, uh, has to do with anything related to sometimes like power dynamics as well. Um, And we're shifting from that and like money, resources, things we value to Aries and Libra, which is like me versus we. Mm. And so as a collective, we feel all of the, we feel this theme on like a high level, right? We and feel this theme on a high level. I mean, if your North node is in Aries natally and your South node is in Libra, you're going to feel it way more. It's going to impact you and vice versa. If your North node is in Libra and your South node is in Aries, but collectively we're going to, now that we've like established what our values are, what's important to us financially, like what we need to feel grounded and secure and safe right now we've paid attention to like me versus we right like would Mm -hmm. how do I show up and how how does that might affect my relationship right like what do I give in relationship and what do I give to myself and like the balance of the two can we just rewind a little bit for people yeah. that, because I know me and you know what like North Node versus South Node is, but yeah. can we just break down? So like, if you're looking at your chart and it's showing you what your North Node and South Node are, what, can we just explain those for, from an astrological point of view before yeah, we? Sure. sure. Um, so North Node is more of like your karmic purpose of why 
there's a lot of different schools of thought, but it's generally your like karmic purpose, why you reincarnated. It has to do with like growth, fulfillment in your life, your karmic path, and essentially your destiny, the energy that you're supposed to be stepping into this lifetime and learning to step into in this lifetime. So guys, look at whatever that sign is. And if you don't know the energy of that sign that's in your North Node, just literally Google it. <laughs> what is what is this? This is like Cassandra's like hacking astrology for yeah, you guys. I love it. I love um, it. Um, this is how my brain works, this is how I learned astrology in a very like piecemeal way. But um, so look up that energy, right? So for instance, like um let's say there's you're a Pisces North Node. I'm a Pisces Sun. I'm not a Pisces North Node, but I know a lot about Pisces. So I'll use it as an example. So you're a Pisces North Node and you're like, okay, like the you want to look at the high qualities of Pisces. Obviously every sign has its like higher and lower qualities, but like the high you know, uh, qualities of Pisces would be incredibly creative, like very psychic, mystical, tapping into other dimensions. Um a, like a, a visionary, right? There's so many different things. And so you can kind of get that energy of like, okay, if you're a Pisces North node, then you came here to really like master that energy and bloom into that energy. And I often think, and correct me if you disagree with this, but that like our current, like our, our sun sign is kind of like where we start you know, like where kind of as we are in our soul incarnates, it's kind of like who we come in and like who our soul is in this lifetime. And then the North Node is kind of like where we want to evolve towards. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I don't disagree with that to an extent because sometimes sometimes people's sun sign is the same sign as their North Node, right? So um, it really varies on everybody's chart specifically. Um, however, the sun sign is like who you are to your core, right? Like when you think about the sun, it's and the solar system, the sun, like without the sun, all the other planets would cease to exist, right? It gives life and vitality to everything else. Like that is where you get your vitality in life. So that's who you are to your core. Mm. Yeah. And the north so what is so like, the energy that you're supposed to step into. That you're stepping into. And so yeah. south node. Now I've heard that south node can be a lot of like the energy that we've dealt with or experienced in past lives that we kind yeah. of come into this incarnation with. Which so south, my take is that the south node is um, basically the energy that we've mastered in a past life, mm. right? Like it's our habits. It's what we are inherently really good at. It's the things that we can like naturally come easy to us. It's not just like, you know, oh, I can organize really well. It just comes really easy to me, right? Because I'm a Virgo South node. It's just like your, even your patterns. What's your North node? Mine is in Taurus. My South node. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because, so I have a Libra South node and an Aries north node mm-hmm. which are kind of like flips right but wouldn't the flip of virgo be pisces so yeah. they're not always flips i just randomly happen to get flips no 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 they're always opposites so oh, they're always really opposites yeah so, so virgo is actually opposite taurus i didn't realize that scorpio is opposite taurus yeah but you're yeah. didn't you just say you're virgo though 
No, no, no. I said Virgo. I said, for example, if your South Node is in Virgo, you're good at like organizing. Oh, okay, okay. But that's not yeah, your just, South Node. No, no, no. That's not mine. Okay, that's okay. not mine. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, we we went on a little tangent there. Sorry. Um, it's okay. Um, so the thing that I want to uh, make sure that I mention about the South Node is it, because this is energy that we've mastered in a past life, um, and it's like it's also like our karma our North node is always going to be the opposite energy of that, right? So this energy that we're supposed to step into this life is naturally the most uncomfortable for us to step into, right? Because our South node is our comfort zone. It's what we've mastered in past lives. It's what we're good at. It's what we can do with our eyes closed. We, we know this like the back of our hand, right? We're like, ah, oh, I'm comfortable in this shell. I could do this easily. But the North node is always the complete opposite energy. And it's kind of ironic because what, what your comfort zone is, you're supposed to be stepping into the complete opposite of that, like through your lifetime. And a lot of people, when they hear about their North node and South node, sometimes they get discouraged because they're like, oh, I'm at this age so-and-so and I haven't even really been stepping into this energy yet. And a lot of astrologers will say, most people don't step into that North Node energy until you hit like your 40s. Because the first, I mean, it varies for everybody. It's not so exact, right? But like the first, when you think about like the first 30, 40 years of our life, like we're so innately ingrained in our habits and our patterns that we don't really start to reflect on them. I'm generalizing, right? Most people, we don't really start to reflect on them and how they've affected us and want something different for our lives until we get older, until we reach a certain age. So you're, most people don't start stepping into their North Node energy when they're 16 years old, right? Because they're just like doing things that's naturally easy for them. Okay, so we have this, when is the nodal shift? Okay, so that is changing on July 17th, 18th, depending on the time zone you're in. Okay, so that's going to shift. Mm-hmm. It's going to directly affect my North Node. Yes. So can you tell me a little bit more of like, how is it going to affect if you're like me and you actually have the Aries North Node? And then can you give me an example? I don't know if we'll have time to go through. Maybe if we go through like all the 12 signs, you just give like a word or two, if we make them like real quick. Yeah. But, I don't know if we'll have time for that, but I think yeah. we can definitely do like a follow-up episode or something. But, um, but can you at least, yeah. So talk about how it would affect Aries. And then if you can just give us maybe one example of how you would be able to like, see how it would affect whatever sign someone else might have. Yeah. Um, so for you, for example, with your Aries rising uh, and your your North Node being in Aries, um, and your natal North Node being there, and you're going to start your nodal return. Aries North Node is very much about like in a past life with a Libra South Node. It's like you were very comfortable like being in the shadow of your partner, and basically, I don't like to use the word sacrificing, but maybe sometimes like people pleasing. And sometimes sacrificing, putting your needs second for the sake of the relationship and the partnership. Like you've mastered relationships and partnerships in your lifetime, right? We talked about how South Node is mastering that energy. And so with the North Node in Aries, you're supposed to be stepping into an energy of like putting yourself, like being seen more, not in like a Leo way, but like 
not being in someone else's shadow, like not being in the shadow of your partner and realizing that like you're, you speaking up is important. You being seen is important. Your voice is important. Like Aries is the, the leader. It's like, it's, I am right. Like, who am I? And it's like the leader, it's all about confidence. Like if you meet an Aries, they are confident, right? They're not standing behind the shadow of their partner. They're stepping forward and they're like, I'm showing up in the room. And that is more Aries North node energy. So it's, it's really finding the balance of like stepping into putting yourself first and putting your needs first, but also still balancing the relationship. Like how can I put myself first, but still show up in relationship? And why do I have to keep sacrificing my needs in order to be in relationship and partnership? Yeah. So now can you give me an example of, how would this nodal return affect someone like even like yourself that has like a different north node? So for me, it wouldn't affect my chart as significantly because I don't have my natal north node there. Um, however, for me being I'm a Scorpio rising. So what it means is it would the whenever the nodes shift, that's when the eclipse cycle shifts. So it would mean that I would start having eclipses in those separate houses in different areas of my chart. And that is why, like I'm saying, it gets a little bit complex because it goes between, for me, it would be like my sixth house and my 12th house. And it would piggyback with eclipses between those two themes in my life. Um, but it wouldn't affect my natal North node as much because I'm not actually going through a nodal return. It would just affect my chart specifically in the sense of where eclipses will start hitting, like where the eclipse, which areas of my life, the eclipses will start hitting. Um, and eclipses are basically, they happen every six months. And I like to say that they're new moons and full moons on steroids, essentially. And they just like, they're, you know, a lot of times they're new beginnings and endings. And a lot of times they close doors so that new ones can open. And again, it's going to hit everyone's chart really complex in like a different way. So, okay. So for those of you listening, if you are not an Aries North node and that didn't apply to you the way it did to me. You were entering an eclipse season where we're going to uh, be on Aries and Libra eclipses is essentially what Asha is saying. Yeah. So you want to look at where does Aries and Libra sit in your chart? What houses are they in? Especially is the easiest way I think to look at it and then look up, like I said, good old Google, look up <laughs> that house. So if you're like, Oh wow, Libra, I have a Libra seventh house and um, Aries first house. Um, but so Libra, I'm like, okay, Libra is hitting my seventh house. It's going to be like partnerships, long-term relationships, long-term friendships, long-term business partners, all that jazz. Um, look up what those houses represent. And that's going to kind of give you a little clue as to what areas of your life I think are going to go through a bit more of a transformation cycle. I like to think of eclipses. Um, I feel like eclipses are like, fate bringers. I don't know. This is my intuitive interpretation of it. So the way I think of it is they're kind of like, you know, like fate's garbage men or whatnot. <laughs> you heard it here first, done to my downloads. Uh, like, you know, if you, if there's like, se- like, let's say for instance, we'll just use my seventh house. So like, if I was in a really horrible marriage right now, mm-hmm. 
and I was getting eclipses in that heart, in that house, chances are like, if my spouse was cheating on me, I would figure it out. If something like bad was happening, it would get to a boiling point where we broke up or like, you know, it's like, it kind of just like, it just like shines like a really powerful, like spotlight in that house. So that like, if there's anything that needs to be like done, you know, if, you know, during eclipses, I got engaged on the eclipse actually, Mm -hmm. um, you know, eclipses, a lot of times you'll either, you know, you'll get engaged or, I mean, talk about like pregnancy. You could even like, if it's fated for you to be pregnant, you could get pregnant on an eclipse. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're meant to, when people lose jobs around eclipses, I'm always like, good riddance and good luck, you know, like let it go because it wasn't meant for you. On the flip side of that, you could get that email that says, Hey, like we finally reviewed your resume. And like, maybe you sent it like six months ago and they're like, now we want you to come in. Um, so there's a lot of cool, like faded things. And when I think an eclipse hits a certain house of yours, it's really like a, a, a like a, uh, makeover or like remodeling of that house, so to speak, where they'll kind of be like, okay, you know, let's go into your basement <laughs> and let's say, let's throw out all this stuff that's like junk that you don't need anymore. And maybe let's paint it pink because that's what you're actually aligned with right now or whatever, metaphorically, obviously. Um, so you could look at when it comes to like, when you're like, okay, what does this North Node shifting mean? check out where Aries and Libra are in your houses and kind of see, I mean, I would just say when it comes to eclipses, I almost like to like sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, the, the, uh, the, the way you articulate that was perfect. Um, and I think that it's, it's, it is like essentially like a spring cleaning. The thing is like, there are a lot of times people think eclipses are like destabilizing because things fall off in our lives. And a lot of times, like nothing falls off in your life it will, if it was meant to stay with you, right? If that job was meant to continue on with you in your future, if that friendship was meant to continue, if that relationship was meant to continue, then it, an eclipse would not necessarily affect it, right? But if it's not meant to move forward, if it's not a part of your destiny, you know, right? The nodes are very destined things. Like if it's not a part of your actual de- destiny, an eclipse coming in could shake things up in the sense that like that falls off and you maybe weren't expecting it. Or deep down, you kind of knew something was off and eclipse just like did the dirty work for you. It just, you just didn't control it because you didn't take the initiative to take care of that yourself right like I had an eclipse in my seventh house I met somebody right it doesn't mean I you know and then the following eclipse I ended up breaking up with him because he was not actually aligned for me but it doesn't mean everyone who has an eclipse in that part of their chart is going to go through a breakup it just means like I also met somebody right so it it could be new beginnings and endings and it's very karmic and faded things that we have so if something is not supposed to continue on with you and it falls off during an eclipse it's not it's so easy to like go into panic mode and freak out and feel like, why is my life falling apart? But when you look at the bigger picture, if the door is closing, it means a new one is supposed to open. And if you are not taking the initiative to close that door on your own, an eclipse can close it for you so that a new door opens because it wants better for you. It wants more for you. It wants you to get on your path to your destiny. Yeah, so we've got an exciting summer coming up. Lots of lots of juicy shifts, lots of things coming on. We're actually gonna have Asha 
on our next gathering for Divinely Design Your Life um, on the upcoming new moon. We're going to have her on and she's going to help us. You know, if you're a member of the process, um, Divinely Design Your Life, or you join us before um, that gathering on, I believe it's July 17th, uh, but I'll have the for sure correct date in the notes. (laughs) Um, You'll be able to access to that and uh, she'll give us some more insights on different different, uh, rising signs and how that's going to everyone's chart and maybe we'll even dive deeper into some of these summer themes as well so be sure to check that out um and then of course ash is available for one-on-one readings so if you're like oh this is so interesting and i just want to hear how all of this because it you know astrology is like a it's like a recipe it's like when you're baking a cake right you have like all these different ingredients that are unique to everyone's chart and like your specific conglomeration of ingredients really affect how all these transits are going to hit you and what you're moving through. So if you are feeling called, um, now that you've got a little bit of, you know, uh, a vibe check on Ash and her mm-hmm. energy and like how she <laughs> likes to do astrology, I highly suggest, um, a one-on-one reading. Uh, Ash is pretty much my personal astrologer. Uh, so I'm yeah, always calling sure. her to be like, what's going on? What's doing this? Um, so definitely check that out as well. You can follow her on Instagram at Asha Rose 13. Mm-hmm. Um, anything I'm missing, Ash, before we No. I mean, you you literally hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I think awesome. you covered everything. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And um, feel free to let us know. Let us know how this resonates with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to this, you know, give us a shout out on stories on Instagram or on threads or wherever you are um, and let us know like what resonates with your chart. If you know, something's going on that like really uh, comes up with what we chatted about, we want to know. And also of course, if you have questions, if there's something that like we touched, you know, we can always do like a a part two or we can answer those Q and A's individually through DMS and, and, threads and whatever it is right you love threads I'm obsessed (laughs) with threads follow me on threads because Sandra bought that (laughs) all right love you guys have a great summer and uh, we'll be here next week with another divine downloads bye guys